Grace and peace to you from God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I was talking this week with a couple of pastors that I meet with online every Tuesday. We talk about the sermon texts coming up. We share ideas and hear what God is calling us to say. And one of the, one of the pastors, his name's Tom, he said to me, did you say Mark was your favorite gospel? And you're not supposed to have favorites, but you do, and Mark is my favorite gospel. And I said, yeah, I love the gospel of Mark. I find it so fascinating to read. It's, it's short, it's to the point, and Jesus is so human in it. And he said, that's all well and good, but these last few weeks and this week coming up are pretty darn hard. <laughs> of course, I didn't have to preach the last two weeks, but I know that there were gospel texts about divorce, broken relationships, sin. And now we have a gospel text that tells us that it is harder to get into the kingdom of God than it is to put a camel through an eye of a needle if we're wealthy. I know this text. You might have heard it many times in your life, too. And you might have heard many explanations that give us a little bit of an out. The eye of a needle is a particular gate in a, in a wall that a camel has to bow down to get through. Sure. So it's okay that we have enough money. We're just going to have to struggle a little bit like the camel, right? I'm here to tell you today that I think Jesus meant exactly what he said. Sewing needles have been around much longer than the time Jesus was on earth. And it is harder to put a whole huge animal through a tiny needle eye. It's harder than it is to get into the kingdom of God if we are wealthy. The other part of that bad news, I think Jesus meant what he said, and I think we are wealthy. Certainly not by some standards. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, they aren't members of this congregation. They have so much wealth they can build rocket ships. But we have so much. Just this year, I bought a house with Silas's help. It's half, of it, half of it's his money. We bought a house and we're planning on doing renovations to our kitchen that are not inexpensive. And we took a trip across an ocean to visit another country. I may not always feel like it, but I know I am wealthy. Certainly by the world's standards, when we look at underdeveloped nations where people get by on a few dollars a day or a week. But even by the standards of my neighborhood, I could afford a down payment on a house when many are stuck paying month-to-month -month rent just to get by. We can afford two cars to move us around a city that has 
terrible public transit. We can afford health care, and we can afford luxuries like travel and good food and time with friends. This is why my pastor friend Tom was frustrated by this text. It seems like it's all bad news. It is harder for a camel to go through the eye of of a needle than it is for a wealthy person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples, the 12 who were following Jesus, they didn't like this message either. Jesus had to repeat himself. And then Peter, wonderful Peter, quick to speak up, started pulling himself out of that group. Teacher, we have given up everything to follow you. You don't mean us, of course. You mean someone else over there. And Jesus said no. The reason this story makes us so uncomfortable is not because we're greedy. It's not because we are holding on to everything we can. I think it's because we know we're wealthy and we live in a world that tells us that we earned everything we have. And that because we earned everything we have, we have the ability to control the outcomes of our lives. Think about the list of the commandments Jesus gave to the young wealthy man. Don't commit murder, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't bear false witness, honor your parents. It may have been a little while since you were all in a Sunday school class that taught the Ten Commandments, but I actually had a great experience um, in, in Wittenberg just last week of seeing a painting of all the Ten Commandments. And of course, the writing in there was on German, in German, which I do not speak German. Silas does, I don't. <laughs> but I could look at them and name all the commandments. The Sunday school lessons are deep in there. And you might have noticed that Jesus skipped a couple. In the way we count, honor your father and mother is number four. And the rest go after it. What Jesus didn't say is, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not take my name in vain. You shall not have idols. Jesus knew this wealthy man's heart, and he knew that he could answer yes to all of those other questions. No murder? Easy. Done. No adultery? Also really easy. Don't steal? Still quite easy. Honor your father and mother? Hopefully he had good parents that he was easy to honor. But don't have any idols any other gods besides the one true God. Well, this man probably didn't have statues in his home that he prayed to. But idolatry is so much more than that. You see, his idol was his possessions, his wealth. 
And more than that, his reliance that those things gave him security, status, the ability maybe even to be saved. I'm not saying that money inherently is an idol, but I do firmly believe and know that when we have plenty, when we are wealthy as we are, it can be so, so tempting to believe that we are in charge of our own wealth, to believe that we earned everything we had, we've pulled ourselves up by the bootstraps, we are self-made men and women, and we need rely on nothing else, much less God. We don't say it that way, but it's, it's how our culture works. We easily forget our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents who passed on wealth or property to us. We forget that none of us are truly self-made. And unless we know somebody or experience it, we don't realize that most of us are just a few paychecks away from homelessness, from having nothing. It is so tempting to follow the idol of self-sufficiency, of wealth, of holding it all on your own. Thank God, Jesus didn't stop speaking with his dire warning that the wealthy will struggle to enter the kingdom of heaven. Peter asks, in the face of this news from his teacher, he says, then who can be saved? If we who have given up everything and followed you, we've done the right things, if that's not enough, then what, what do we need to do? Who can be saved if this is such a barrier? And Jesus says such important words. For mortals, for you, for humanity, it's impossible. All through scripture we see God's people following God and then turning away to idols, to their kings, to those things that they feel they have control over, over and over again. And all through human history, we see us doing that too. For us mortals, it is impossible to truly, truly turn away from all idols, to truly only rely on God. But for God, nothing is impossible. For God, nothing is impossible. That doesn't mean if I pray just the right way today, I'm going to get the car of my dreams tomorrow. God is no magic vending machine in the sky. But our God, our one true living God, loves us so much that God will break down the barriers we put up between ourselves and God. God loves us so much 
that even though we could never earn our own salvation by having plenty or by giving everything up, by relying on our own self-sufficiency, God will come to us. That's why I love the Gospel of Mark. Jesus is so human in Mark's telling. We see Jesus angry and frustrated and joyful and sad. God chose us. God chose humans, mortals. God chose to be one of us to break down the barriers of our own idols. Even the rich man who came with what is really a silly question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? When he was looking for an answer that he could never find, Jesus looked at him, loved him, and taught him. The man went away grieving. We don't know if he did sell his possessions and start following Jesus or not. Scripture doesn't tell us. But no matter what, I do believe that God didn't give up on him. That God continued to draw near to him, to call him to push away the idols of his own self-sufficiency, his own wealth. To rely on a God who loved him so much, God would even die for him to defeat death and to bring him into eternal life. It is harder to put a camel through the eye of one of my sewing needles than it is for us, especially those of us who are wealthy, to earn our way into the kingdom of heaven. It is impossible for us. But for God, nothing is impossible. For God, all of those barriers are like paper he can push away. And God loves you so much. God will draw near to you and turn you away from your own idols again and again, ready to forgive, ready to love, and ready to give us eternal life. Amen.